We're in a series here this morning. Uh, we started a couple weeks ago. I'm going to continue it uh, there uh, again in December. I'll be back at the helm preaching again. Uh, we got a guest speaker uh, uh, coming up next week, but it's God's word on family. Uh, one of the things I noticed: uh, there's a lot of books that have been written, a lot of a lot of a lot of articles written about family. And uh, I really kind of just, a couple months ago, I just really felt very strongly that that the Lord wanted me to dial in on this subject and to share his word and and his perspective on the family. So we're doing that and we're going to be talking about about blessing here this morning, positioning your family for God's blessing. Uh, When I'm in public, uh, this is kind of a strange thing. And uh, in public places, and I see families, and I see kids, and and I see parents, and and when I especially from when whether they're young or they're in their teenage years, and I see dads, I mean, with their daughters and with their sons and and moms with their kids, and and there's just something when I see that. When, when a dad is connecting with his kids and, and, and mom is connecting with kids and there's just something and you, there's just something there's an atmosphere right there. I don't know. There's something. It's, it's really strange. It, I don't know. It really brings a smile to my face and on the inside. I just absolutely love seeing families that love each other, that care for each other. You can just tell that there is a connection there. Uh, they love being around each other, and I, I love them kidding. I, I, love, I just love seeing that. I, I think one of the reasons why I love that, because, uh, being in the ministry now for 30 years and having to do a lot of counseling and being with families and marriage counseling and, and counseling between kids and, and, and parents and trying to get things together and being a youth pastor for 12 years and seeing uh, the, the uh, you know what what's happened with broken families and half of my every one of the youth groups I've been a part of in fact every youth group it is you know you see half of the kids come from broken homes and the other halves it didn't and seeing how their lives have been affected by that and uh, so today I want to uh, take us just for a little bit of review uh, for those who haven't. Uh, uh, been here maybe the last couple of weeks, and for those who have been there for the last couple of weeks, review is always a good thing. How many know that we forget things? Okay. How many know your pastor forgets things? Okay. And uh, so this is good for me because, by the way, this sermon that I'm preaching today, I'm right where you're at, parents. I mean, uh, we still got four at home, and, and even though we've got four that are out of the house, we're still parenting them. Uh, that hasn't stopped. And uh, but I want to take you back uh, to last week. Uh, we, we talked about the role of dad, and I'm going to read you just a couple of uh, scriptures. And uh, uh, the role of dad was found in Genesis chapter 18, verse 18. Abraham will surely become a great and powerful nation, and all the nations on earth will be blessed through him. For I have chosen him so that he will direct his children and his household after him to keep the way of the Lord by doing what is right and just, okay? So that the Lord will bring about for Abraham what he has promised him. There in verse 19, God spells out the role, okay? This is the role of dad when it comes to him being husband 
and father of the home. God has called the fathers to give direction to their kids. Our primary role, uh, Dad, is not just to go ahead and put uh, a roof over their uh, their heads and to put meat on the table, but our primary role, and, and that's in us. God, that's part of our DNA. I mean, a man really wants to do that. He wants to take care of his family, but our primary role is to go ahead and to give direction. We are to be the ones that literally set the spiritual temperature of what's going on in our homes, okay? We do that through our example and through our teaching. And uh, I I came across something that was given to me uh, this week. Someone told me after the service, uh, in the second service, was giving me a couple of things and stopped over and brought me something. And I want you to hear this. Uh, And I know there's some ladies that might be feeling slighted. What about mom? Uh, What about, you know, what about us? You know, just hang in there, moms. Uh, We may get there. There's so much to talk about when you talk about families. because we live in a culture now that where men have been demeaned, uh, emasculated, where, and, and, and where men are, are really not that important in our society. And uh, I just want to I, I, I prove to, to everyone in here and to dads, I really, when you hear this, you're going to go, oh, my goodness. Yeah, and I hope this gets everyone's attention here. Uh, research says that the father... Uh, overwhelmingly determines the moral and spiritual development of their children. Let me preface this to say this, dads. Remember this. Your kids are spiritual beings. They will spend an eternity in heaven or hell. Never forget that. And you and I will probably play the greatest influence in our kids. Not that, our, not that our wives and moms can't do it, not that pastors can't do it or whatever, but we play a huge role. There was a, a study, one was done by the Swiss government, one was done by the Baptist Press, and one was done by MSNBC, okay? Here we got a government, a church, and, and a liberal uh, news agency, okay? Here's, here's what was shown. This Swiss study showed this. It says, a mother and father who attend church regularly, 33% of their children will end up attending church regularly. That's when they they grow up and they move out of the house. Just one-third, okay? He said, well, that doesn't sound really that encouraging. Okay, now this is over, this is done in Europe. I, I believe that Europe is more of a godless place than America. I mean, we're, we're, we're nipping at their heels. He says, and it says 25% of their children, this is a mom and dad who go to church regularly, okay, of their children will, will not end up attending at all, okay? That's mom and dads together. Now listen to this. A mother who attends church regularly, but the father does not church, go to church at all, 2% of their children will end up attending church regularly. Okay? 60% of their children will not attending at all. Here's another one. A father who attends church regularly and a mother who does not attend church at all, 44% of their children will end up attending church regularly. It goes up if mom doesn't go. 
and 34% of their children will not end, end up going to church at all. Here's something that was found up. Uh, oh, this is from the Baptist Press. If the mother... Here it is, from the Baptist Press. If the mother is the first to become a Christian in a household, there is a 17% probability that everyone in the household will follow. Okay? Check this out. If the father is the first to become a Christian in a household, there is a 93% probability that everyone in a household will follow. Okay? Here's another one. This is from MSNBC. Now, we, 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 God is using, I don't understand all the dynamics behind it, uh, but I'm going to look at it from, a, from what the Word has to say. This is from MSC and how we can set the, uh, the moral direction of our kids uh, who have an influence on their kids. According to this study, teenagers whose fathers are more involved in their lives are less likely to engage in risky sexual activities such as unprotected intercourse, while an involved mother can also help stave off a teen's sexual activity. Dads have twice the influence. Men are, men are not just some small incidental with no significance as they are often regarded. Fathers have a, have a large and very important role in the lives and futures of their children. In fact, double the influence in the area of moral developments. Wow. So, uh, dads, I spent a, I spent a, Chris, could you get me that water, please? Okay, I, I'm drinking tea, hot tea here, and, and have water here. I've got cotton mouth. So just hold with me for a second, guys. So dads, we really uh, play a huge role. And for those who are here, your kids... Uh, and you're, you're wondering, well, what's the role of my dad? And my dad's trying to go ahead and give spiritual direction to the family. Don't fight him. Flow with him. It's to your benefit, okay? Uh, and by the way, I, I, it, men, this is going to be on the screen. It's not there in your notes, but this is a word for all of us. But I, I, I believe it goes for more than just a, attending church because you can go ahead and t- attend church and not be a Christian. We all understand that. There's many of you that were like me that went to church on Sundays and were not saved. But we know that church, it's a good thing to be in the house of God. Would you, go, would you guys all agree with that? Amen? Okay. Listen to this. This is a word to us men. Romans 12:11 never lag in zeal and in and in earnest endeavor be aglow and burning with the spirit serving the Lord. And uh, this is I I want to just kind of go back to this this word here in verse 19. Okay, he's to direct his children and his household after him. Uh, how to here's 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 what here's his job to his kids and his wife, to keep the way of the Lord. And the best way that they can do that is through their example. The example that they show that they have a red-hot, fervent relationship with Jesus Christ Almighty. So our example speaks really huge to our family. I would say this to men, parents, and youth. You heard me talk about this in week one. Satan hates the family. It's through the family that the earth will be blessed. We know that Satan was not just after Adam and Eve. He was after the future. 
He wants you and your family, kids. He wants your parents to end up in divorce court. He wants you and your family so he can control the future. Sir, that's why your kids are in his crosshair. The enemy has your kids in his crosshairs. He is gunning for them. He is shooting at them. And you and I play a vital role in the protection of our family and our kids. Also, don't forget, my men and fathers and husbands, God has his eye on your family and your kids because they matter to him. They matter to him so much that God has devoted a lot of ink and a lot of his word. He gives a lot of instruction from his word and how we can have a successful family. He, I would say this. He has a bright future for your family to those who walk in his ways. God has an alignment through which there's an alignment through which his blessings flow. There is a definite structure when it comes to family to how God apportions his blessings. I want you to go ahead and see this here. Now, what I'm about to put up here, it's not going to look politically correct. But guess what? How much your pastor cares about political correctness? Zippo! (laughs) Okay. Uh, uh, God's word trumps anything than what our culture has to say. I want you to see here. Do we have it up here, Alex? Okay, can we get that on there? I want you to see this. This is, this is the family structure. This is how it, it goes from top to bottom. God. He's it, right? Amen? Okay. We serve Him. We worship Him. Okay. God, Christ. Then we have husband, father. Now, for a husband or a father who said, you know what, I really don't need God. I, I've got a good head on my shoulders. I'm strong. I've got common sense. I can go ahead and do this, okay? I just want to say that any husband, any father who, who takes that position, okay, you've just become a rebel, okay, uh, and, and, and not a very smart one because uh, you, you, you've just taken God out of the equation for him to be able to bless your family. So we have, we have the father, the husband, who God called to lead the family. I'm not, and, I, and, I, and I take this word out of here, this, this word, uh, get this word out of here, boss. God hasn't called you to be the boss. God has called you to be the leader, not the dictator, okay? And then we have, we have the wife and mother and then the children. Now, for those who are... On the bottom, you're a kid, and, and, and you're just like, oh, man, I, I don't like this. You know, I don't like this structure, whatever. But when this structure is flowing, okay, together in a home, and you will see a home that's walking in blessing and in harmony. Now, here's what I find very interesting. Let's look at the second one. Let's look at, let's look at Christ, Jesus Christ. Did you recognize, does everybody understand this concept that Jesus Christ was 100% man, and 100% God. Does it, can anybody understand that? Explain, explain that? Absolutely not. But I want you to understand that. Okay, as, as God, he was still, okay, subject to God. This is up there in heaven. When he became a man, born of a woman, okay, and without sin, and parents who were sinners, who didn't have it all together, didn't have the, have the total end when it came to wisdom, Jesus was still subject to people who were imperfect, even though he was perfect. And so if Jesus did that, how much more so do you and I have to do that? So, I, And by the way, 
This pattern that I have right here is all found in the book of Ephesians. Paul devotes a great amount of time and ink to this concept of, of God being the head and Christ, and husband, father, and wife and mother, and, and the children. And, and if, there's, if there's an alignment there, God's blessings flow down. Now, week one, we looked at the role uh, that, uh, that, that's something that we're to be teaching our kids Moms and dads, this is what we're to be teaching our kids. This is what needs to be happening within the family. Uh, Exodus chapter 20, verse 12, it's one of the Ten Commandments. In fact, it's number five. Honor your father and your mother so that you may live long in the land that the Lord your God is giving you. Paul goes ahead there in Ephesians chapter 6, verse 1. He says this, okay, to all of us, we're all children here in this room. Okay, children, obey your parents in the Lord, for this is right. Honor your father and mother, which is the first commandment, with a promise. I want you to notice here in verse 1, obedience. This is something we all need to know, uh, parents, as well as kids. Obedience ends when you leave the covering. When you move out of the house, you are at that point, uh, you are out from underneath your parents' covering when it comes to the area of obedience. However, when you do move out of the house, okay, now maybe you're an adult, okay, you're an adult with kids, honor is never to leave your lips or your life. Note to, to youth that are here this morning. It says, children, obey your parents in the Lord. What is he saying right there when Paul is saying, children, obey your parents in the Lord? It's a, it's a very key phrase. It may, another translation puts it this way. Children, obey your parents as you would the Lord because this is right. So, so Paul here is writing to kids who are Christians, who are followers of Christ. And he's saying to anyone who is, who's, a, who's a kid, who's a teenager, who is a child, he says, obey your parents. He says, this is the right thing to do. We obey them. Listen to this. This is key. We obey our parents. Even if we don't agree if what they're asking us to do, we don't want to do. The only time that we ever disobey our parents is if they ever ask us to do something Okay, that is unbiblical, that is sinful. That's where, that's, where, uh, uh, that's where obedience stops. But if they ask us to do something and we don't feel like doing it, guess what we're supposed to do? We do it. Okay, we obey them, even if they're not the best parents, even if they're demanding, demeaning, crabby, even hypocritical. Do as I say, don't do as I do. Okay, we have to obey. That's the note to you. Here's the note to the parent. This verse suggests that you're leading them by example in the ways of God. Okay? You're not making things up on the fly. Just what you feel is the best thing to do. Or you're just raising your kids the way that your parents raised you. No, uh, it's suggesting that you're raising your kids according to God's Word. So here it is. Your kids that are in your home, are to submit to your authority based on God's Word. But not only are they to submit to your authority, but they're also to do it in a way that's honoring to the Lord. I want you to see this here on the screen. Obedience is the action. Honor is the attitude. Obedience is the action. Honor is the, is, is the attitude. It's something that's going on inside of the heart. 
And here's the problem. We know this, that kids just aren't born that way. Okay, kids aren't born uh, wanting to be obedient, wanting to be compliant. We know this, that kids are born rebels and liars. Uh, it, just, it just takes them a couple of years to go ahead and express this. You don't have to teach a kid to lie. Every parent here knows what I'm talking about, okay? And uh, so it just takes them a while to express this. But, but, but a kid... And a son and a daughter that gets a revelation that, you know what, I w- I'm going to go ahead with God's help. I'm going to listen to my mom's and dad's advice. I'm going to go ahead and do what they tell me to do when they go ahead and wash the dishes or, or clean up my room. I'm going to go ahead and do that, okay? And, 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 and God says it's such a big deal to God that God goes ahead and he attaches a promise to it. The fifth commandment. He says, you know, uh, you know honor your parents. Honor them. And, and it says here in verse 3, he says, so that it may go well with you and that you may enjoy a long life on the earth. Here's what children can expect from God. There's two things. Number one, you can expect, write this down, a quality of life. Man, you, you set yourself up. As a child and as a teenager, okay, into your, into your adult years, that if, if you make it an issue in your life, it's like, you know what, I am gonna, I'm going to listen to my mom and dad. Not only will I listen to my mom and dad, but I'm going to listen to some of the advice that they have, okay, that they have to get me. Even though I know everything, I'm going to still listen to them, okay? Not only is there going to be a quality of life that will be attached, but a quantity of life as well. Now, I know... I know it, but I know it that I know it. In homes, uh, here at at Calvary Church, uh, that have kids, things are not necessarily going right all the time. In fact, there may be some chaos that's going on at home. And if that is the case, just in case, I just I just want to bear. Uh, I want to repeat something that I said a couple of weeks ago. If you gave your parents hell when you were a teenager, okay and you never made any kind of amends and say, you know, a phone call or, or, or face-to-face to your mom or, or to your dad or anything like that. I mean, you gave your parents hell. I, here's the word to you. Today, this is biblical. Mom and dad, I, I, I was a jerk. I, I was a rebel. I was selfish. Would you, can I just ask you, would you please forgive me? And that would be good, okay? And you say, well, things are not really good between my mom and dad. Well, guess what? That might open up the door to getting some things healed in the present. So I know this. There, there are parents that are reaping what they sowed when they were kids. So this morning, here's what we're going to go into here. Uh, how can we make it easier for our kids to obey and honor us? How can, we, how can we make it easier for them so that they can be blessed, so that they can have a fruitful life, they can have the backing of heaven, and they can have a long life? I, I want you to go here, down to verse 4. Here it is. I find it interesting. It says here, it, it doesn't address moms. It addresses, here we, we're going back to fathers again. And I'm wondering why. He says, fathers... Do not provoke your children to anger by the way you treat them. Rather, bring them up with the discipline and instruction that comes from the Lord. Now, here, here, here's the word uh, to, 
to the men here in, in this place, as well as to parents. Maybe you're a single parent. You're a mom right here. You're doing your best. You're having to play both roles. Here it is. Encourage. Don't discourage. Don't put anger there that doesn't belong. Put encouragement there because it's in that place that we can go ahead and see the blessing flow into their lives. What is it that angers kids? Now, I did a little bit of survey amongst kids, and plus being a youth pastor for years, and understanding what gets them mad, what ticks them off. Okay, There's a number of different things, and they're here on the screen. Uh, here it is, neglect, okay, uh, just not spending really much time with them, uh, uh, you're too busy, okay, this, that's a huge one, uh, uh, it, it speaks volumes to them, uh, hypocrisy, uh, you say one thing and, and, and you're doing another thing, uh, told that they are not good enough, over protection, I mean, you're the helicopter parent, Okay, I mean, you're, you're just you're just hovering over them, and, and maybe, you know, they don't even have any space to breathe. Uh, not listening to them, and by the way, I did this this survey amongst my kids as well, and so I, I'm guilty of some of these. Just want to let you know. So I got some help. I need some help. Okay, being compared to others, especially with the end of family structure, saying no without even thinking about it. So, okay, those are now that's not an exhaustive list. Okay. Uh, but it, but it kind of it gets you kind of going there in, in, in that direction. Now, now the Bible says to, to to the men here, to the fathers and to the parents. Okay, don't provoke your children to wrath, to anger. Now here it is. Our role, okay, as parents, our main role, dads and moms and dads, our role is to teach. Then how do we how do we teach them? How do we help them get the point? Because they need to get the point without provoking them. Okay, this was something I learned uh, earlier this this year when we were together in our life group and we were we were going over a curriculum on on parenting. It was absolutely huge. And this statement so bothered me, but it was so true. And I want you to see it here. Our job as a parent, okay, is not to control them. It's not to control them, but rather to train them. I want you to think about that for a second. Our job is not to control our kids, be so tight around them, but our job as parents is to train our kids. And if that is, if that, in fact, that, and by the way, that's, that's biblical, train your children, that's, that's Ephesians 6.4. If that's true, because I don't know about you, but that, that's, that's been kind of my style of parenting for years is, man, I've got to be in, in control, I've got to be in charge, I've got to make sure I know what's going on in my home, and uh, I've got to... But I want you to notice something here. If that's true, that we're to train them, that means that we as parents have to allow them to make some mistakes. And mistakes they will make, okay? They're professional mistake makers. And if they do, don't crush them with unreasonable discipline. Kids live well. Kids, children, youth, they need boundaries. No question about that. Hey, here's the boundary. Curfew. Listen, okay, Friday night. Okay, I'm going to let you go out. It's okay, 10 o'clock. You're, you're, you're in 8th grade, you're in 9th grade, 10 o'clock. You're, you're home, by 10 o'clock, we're good to go, okay? Anything later than that, you broke the curfew, okay? Uh, and, and, and you stay there for a while, we'll, we'll maybe look at a little bit longer uh, as you stay there within the boundary. And, uh, and kids do well with boundaries. But I want to, this is, by the way, to those who are youth in here, this is the biggie. 
with us parents. If you lie to us, you deceive us, I want to tell you something. You've, you've done something that is really, you've made it really, really tough, okay, to trust you. Because, listen, trust is the foundation of relationship. As a teenager, uh, growing up, I mean, B.C., before Christ, I wanted to do what I wanted to do. And whatever it took to, to do what I wanted to do, I would lie. I would deceive my parents. In fact, there were, in a sickening way, I took pride in how good of a liar I was. But I want to say a word to all of us here and to teenagers especially. I want you to hear this, okay? It says in Proverbs 6, 16, there are six things the Lord hates. Seven, know that he detests. And I want to take you to, it says, a lying tongue and a false witness who pours out lies. He says the same thing twice. And the reason why God hates lying and why he hates deception because of any relationship between the husband and a wife or kids and and parents, anything, okay? It's the very foundation of relationship. And so that's one of the reasons I believe God absolutely hates this. So what do kids, I'm going to kind of turn the corner here. What do children look for and expect from their dads? And their parents. What was it in the Bible that a kid and a son and a daughter was looking for that, that would really touch their life? Write this word down. It's called the blessing. Came across a book. It was called The Blessing, written by John Trent. And Gary, I'm losing his last, uh, Gary Smalley, back in the 80s. And there was over a million copies that were sold, which is big in the Christian world. Okay, so, and one, I believe one of the reasons why it was so many were sold is because a lot of people were searching for the blessing. And uh, uh, John Trent, who is, uh, who is a doctor, a uh, psychologist, he, he writes about this experience, how it all kind of evolved. There were two events in one day. He said he was doing his internship uh, and he went in in an evening shift, and it was his first time, and he was there at a bedside of a young man uh, in, in his early 20s. And uh, he was there, I watched this, this young man had tried to take his life. Uh, suicide, he had cut his wrist, and, and providentially, uh, his roommate came into the room when he was never around at that time, walked into the room, discovered his roommate had uh, tried to take his life, and he was almost gone, but... Uh, he was alive, and so Trent begins to open up a, a discussion, ask him, he said, well, what happened? What, what's going on? And uh, he said, as I began to listen to his story, this young man just began to weep and began to cry And what had happened to him. His father was an engineer, a brilliant engineer, a very smart man, had gotten A's all of his life, A's through his high school career, A's through his college career. I mean, uh, never a B. And, and, and for his son, okay, you know, son, it wasn't this, hey, listen, you're smart enough, you're good enough, you can go ahead, if you work hard, you can get all, you can get all A's like I did. No, it, he wasn't given, no, you are going to get A's. And so here he is, his son, I mean, is shining through high school, all A's. Uh, college, freshman year, or year, all A's. Sophomore year, all A's. Junior year, all A's. His senior year, he gets sick. Definitely sick, and he, he's just really pushing himself. And, and it was his gym class. He missed a number of classes. You know, it's gym class. 
but because of the, his attendance record, just by default, he was automatically given a B. What, and he went to the teacher. He says, is there anything I can do? Any extra credit? Anything I can do to go ahead and get this rectified and get back to the A column? And, and the teacher said, no. When he heard that news, he was absolutely devastated because not only was it the death of a dream, it was the death of his father's approval. And it was there at that moment. He says, man, I, I, I couldn't handle it. And uh, he says, I, I, I just knew what was going to be coming down the pike with what my dad would say and what my dad would do. And, and so he, he hears this young man's story. He says, and this, this is happening on a Saturday. He says, and, I, and I'm getting ready. I'm going to go ahead and teach a Sunday school class. And he says, I come apart to the scripture and I see something. And it's about Jacob and Esau and about blessing and, and where Esau misses the blessing and how out of that blessing it absolutely had a devastating effect in his life. In fact, it comes here from, from Genesis chapter 27, verse 38. It said, Esau said to his father, he had been tricked out of the blessing. Do you have only one blessing, my father? Bless me too, my father. Then Esau wept aloud. To miss the blessing as a Hebrew, as a Jew, caused a growing man to break down and cry. Once you look at this word blessing, bracha, to bless, it means to kneel, to salute, to boast. It means to thank. This word is used over 640 times in the Old Testament. In fact, we know this. It was God's original plan for his creation. Genesis 1.27 said this. So God created mankind in his own image. In the image of God, he created them. Male and female, he created them. God blessed them and said, Be fruitful and increase in number. Fill the earth and subdue it. So what, what happened, it, 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 when, when John Trent, when he was listening to the story and when he was going through his Sunday school lesson and he was uh, studying here, he says, I noticed something about the blessing, he said, that I've never seen before. He says there's relational elements to the blessing. It was, here it was, unconditional acceptance, protection, and affirmation. Dr. Tim Clinton said this, he says, the presence or absence of these elements can determine whether our home is or our parents' home was a place of blessing. Now, this is what, a, this is what another doctor, psychologist had, and I was thinking about this. I said, you know what? I want my home to be a place for all my kids where they can be blessed. That's, that's one of the things that I'm chasing, that I'm desiring to set up an atmosphere to where my, all of my kids can be blessed. I want to take you through the five elements of the biblical blessing. Because remember, we talked about don't discourage your kids, don't get them angry. Okay, replace that with encouragement. And I would say replace that with the blessing. Five elements of blessing. We're going to go through this quickly here this morning. Here it is. I want you to see this. Men especially see this. Parents see this one. In fact, by, by the way, everyone that's here in this room, this, this concept of blessing is not only just parents towards the kids, but it's kids towards their parents, towards our friends. We can bless. Trust me on this one. Number one, meaningful touch. Genesis 26, 27, 26 says this. Then his father, Isaac, said to him, 
This is to, ja- to Jacob, okay. Come here, he, who he thought was Esau. Come here, my son, and kiss me. Now, this was not an isolated incident in the Bible. You will find there in the Old Testament as well as the New Testament, you will find hugging, kissing, okay. The laying on of hands were all part of conferring the blessing upon the kids, okay. Now, here's the upside to touch. Some of us here in this room, that doesn't come natural to us to, to touch, okay? But here's the upside to touch. It communicates warmth, acceptance, and affirmation, okay? Blessing in, in this area of meaningful touch not only helps your kids and your children psychologically, but it helps them physically, okay? It increases, uh, here's the upside to it. It increases their hemoglobin, their red blood cells, okay, that are released into the bloodstream, which triggers, here it is, oxygen to, to, to the body tissues, okay? And an increased amount of energy. And also, if your kids are not feeling well, okay, there's something about mom's touch, stroke in their head, and, and dad's, you can have just as much right there. It increases the ability for them to recover and to be healed. It helps lower blood pressure. It increases the lifespan. It protects youth and others, okay, listen to this, from seeking immoral or destructive relationships. The psychologists are saying this. I know this is that it takes a, a good eight to ten meaningful touches in a day that helps convey, okay, that I love you. You're important to me. You matter to me. So this is how we begin to set up an atmosphere of blessing our home. Meaningful touch. Number two, the other part of the blessing was called a spoken message. Genesis 1-3 said this, And God said, Let there be light, and there was light. Here's what we know. You and I have been made in His image. That's a powerful statement. That's, that's, that's Genesis. We've been created and made in God's image. That's why our words, okay, that... that when we share words, have such power and meaning, whether constructively or destructively. Okay, our words have immense impact, either build up or to tear down. This is, by the way, how we give and gain family approval. This is how we receive it, and by the way, this is how we can give it. So it works both ways. It's not only the kids receiving this this spoken message. By the way, that's positive, but it's also the kids back towards the parents. Adult children that are here today. I know this. There are many here who can remember the words of praise and affection like it was yesterday. There was something that your mom or your dad spoke to you in your past that had a tremendous impact in your life. In fact, it was so impactful. You can remember the day. You can remember the place. You can remember the atmosphere. And, and very particularly the word that they spoke over you. Ditto. On the negative. You remember that day when they said that word that cut like, like, like a sword deep into your heart. And our problem many times as parents, we're too fast, too loose and careless with our words. And I say this to moms and dads. I say this to everyone in the house, kids as well. Be measured in your communication and what you say to your kids. Be measured be careful. Let me take you to a couple scriptures. Proverbs chapter 10, verse 19. The prudent, the wise, hold their tongues. 
They just don't go off. We think sometimes because we're the man of the house and, and we're going to go ahead and I'm just going to, you know, whatever, and, and, and just spout off. And, and I, I could do that because I'm the man. The Bible says that's unwise. Proverbs eleven twelve. the next chapter says this, a man who has understanding controls his tongue. That means we're, we're people, when it comes to communication, we're people of timing. There's a time to speak and there's a time to be quiet. Proverbs twelve eighteen says this, the, the words of the reckless pierce like swords, but the tongue of the wise brings healing. I would say this to everyone in here, one of the top three reasons that's right there of why marriages are breaking up and it is in the area of communication. It's probably number one. And, and all the time that I've been counseling couples at, at, and, and why parents and kids are not getting along with their, with their moms and dads and moms and dads are not getting along with their, with their kids, it's in the area of communication. I want to I instruct you to go to a, the best book on communication. It's right here in the Bible. Write this down. It's the book of Proverbs. I remember uh, early on, uh, probably in the middle, when I was a youth pastor, I just felt led to read the book of Proverbs every single day. I was reading a chapter every day. In fact, that went on for seven years. I was reading Proverbs every single day. And I was just finding out how much grace, how much I was falling in the area of communication. But I want to tell you something. After reading it and praying it, God has helped me a great deal. So I, I encourage everyone that's so practical, the book of, of Proverbs, read a chapter every day and begin to pray it into your lives. God communicated his blessing through spoken words. Parents, speak into your kid's life. You are fearfully and wonderfully made. You are the apple of God's eyes. I believe parents, okay, you should be known to your kids as their greatest cheerleaders, okay, their greatest ones that are cheering on in their life versus their greatest critics. Your kids will go to where the cheerleaders are. And if they are getting more support from their peers than their parents, guess where they're hanging? So a spoken word, number three, is attaching high value. On the screen right here, to value means to attach honor to it. Kids and youth respond to what makes them feel significant, what makes them feel important. Girls, for instance, will go to guys, in fact, the wrong guys, for blessing. Guys that are slick, hormonal animals, which I would call them, will tell your girl, oh man, you are looking so fine. You are a beautiful girl. Mm-hmm. Oh yeah. Yeah, you are looking, oh man, you are so nice. You are so beautiful. You are so special. And, and they're hearing that, and they haven't heard that at home. Guess what? They'll go ahead, and they'll have sex so they can get love. Girl, girls will do that. I, I mean, they will give themselves over before it's time. They, and, and that time is only reserved for their husbands. 
And dads, I want to tell you a thousand different ways. When it comes to your girl, your little lady right there, you need to be telling her on a regular basis. She's looking fine. She's special, man. She's special in God's eyes. She's special in your eyes. She has got to, got to know that and hear that on a regular basis because, trust me, you see, she's looking in the mirror a lot. And, and that mirror is telling her one thing. She needs to hear another thing that's coming from your lips, okay? That, that she's truly the fairest of them all. In Hebrew, the word bless literally means to bow the knee. So the significance is this. The words of blessing should carry with them the recognition that the person being blessed is valuable and has redeeming Qualities. Catch this, guys. Catch this. Catch this, parents. This is huge, what I'm about to say here. In Scripture, the recognition of their value is based upon who the person is, not on his performance, accomplishments, or looks. That means... Son or daughter, you are special to me. You're my blood. You're my son. You're my daughter. You're in my family. And I am so glad you are a part of me. I can't believe that I've been blessed by God to have you in my life. I love it here in Citrus County, the bumper stickers that says, you know, my kid is an honor student at, you know, so and so, you know, school. And, and I know it, it's parents, you know, that are just proud of their kids. Uh, you know, they're working hard and they're, they're good students, you know, and, and I high five to the kids. And they want to encourage their kids, want to show their kids that they're supporting them. And, and it's a wonderful thing. But I want to put this point out here to all of us parents. What if your kid is an academic? What if he is an athletic? What if he is not really a musician? What if he or she is just, just an average kid? Doesn't really do anything really spectacular or well. Is he still that special son and daughter to you? Not based upon what they do, but who they belong to. Isaac used a word picture to describe how valuable his son was to him. He said here in Genesis 27, 27, Ah, the smell of my son is like the smell of a field that the Lord has blessed. He's, he's, he's telling this to his son. He says, this is what you are like to me. This is how awesome, this is how special you are to me, my son. He uses this word picture to describe his value to him. If, and folks, parents, this would be something, God, would you maybe give me a word picture that I can tell my son or daughter to do? Number four, the other aspect, portraying a picture of a special future. Here in Genesis 27, this is when the blessing has taken place. He says, may God give you, his hand is on him, recognize it, laying on him. May God give you heaven's dew and earth's richness and abundance of grain and new wine. May nations serve you and peoples bow down to you. The blessing was the expectation of God's hand on tomorrow. It was an anticipation that I had a glorious future in, in store for me. Parents, 
you and I play such a huge role in our kids' future. We can't predict their future, but we can help them do a couple of things concerning their future. We can help them set meaningful goals. This is in our conversation. This is in our, in our discussions with them. And we're really listening to them. We're not telling them what they must do. We're, we're listening to what God has put into their heart. Hey, what do you sense that you would really like to do with your life. And we can help them to set meaningful goals. We can help them to discover their gifts and their abilities. And when we can help them, by the way, I say this, 301, to remember those who are going through growth track, I would encourage your parents, I mean, your adults here, bring your kids in here. Teen- you've got teenagers any teenager, I so encourage you, go through this class, help you to understand your personality, what God has to deposit in your life. And when us parents help our kids to discover their gifts and say, you know what, what would happen if you took these things that God has put into your life and began to use them for his glory and his purposes? I wonder what would happen. I bet, I bet God could do some awesome things in your life. You're speaking life into them. And here's the result when you help your kids to discover their, their gifts and their abilities and their goals. It helps bring security in the present and a growing confidence to serve God and others in the future. Which brings me to the fifth point. An active commitment to fulfill the blessing. For the patriarchs, not only in their words, but also God himself stood behind the blessing they bestowed on the children. Ezekiel thirty-four twenty-six from the New Living Translation says this, I will bless my people and their homes around my holy hill. And in the proper season, I will send in the showers they need. They will be showers of blessing. God says, I want to bless you. I'm going to back you up. And at my appointed time, he says, I'm going to fulfill the blessing in your life. Parents, today more than ever, we need to rely on the Lord to give us the strength, the self-control, and the staying power to confirm the children's blessing upon them. We're helping them there in that area. How do we do it? We do that through prayer, His Word, and sacrifice. What is an act of commitment to fulfill the blessing on their kids? So important. That means that we stay with it. That means even as they become adult children, we're still behind them. Word and touch alone cannot communicate the blessing. They're huge. They're big. But they need to be backed up with a commitment to doing everything possible to help them to be the one being blessed to be successful. We don't just tell them, you know what? You're really good at this. And we do nothing to help them out. I, I, I've seen something uh, over this past year I've been really amazed at by some parents. Uh, parents are saving up. And I, and I never even had the vision for it. I mean, being on a youth pastor's salary and uh, uh, not making very much money. I, I never even... Uh, parents right now, that you know, they're setting up their kids. They say, you know what? College is expensive. I mean, right now... Uh, living a disciplined life and setting up for a college fund. I, I just want to high-five the parents. And any kid that gets blessed by your parents uh, and they're helping out with your college fund, you ought to be hugging on them. You ought to be loving your parents. Any, any of your parents are doing that. That is awesome. And my, my personal belief, I wouldn't give it, even if I had all the money in the world to go ahead and, get, and take care of all their school, I'd like to go ahead 
they need to have some skin in the game. This is my opinion. You know, I, I think they'll appreciate that. They, they did a little bit of work to helping themselves getting through school. Or whether they get a scholarship, you know, that's great. Uh, that, that, that's fine. But I just want to say, when parents just get behind kids and, and they become blessers, when, when, when they get involved with meaningful touch, a spoken message, attaching high value, you're, 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 you're better than this, son. You're better than this daughter. Uh, telling them they got a special future. Commitment. Okay, it brings warmth, healing, bonding in our relationships to, to our family. They are the very relational elements God uses in blessing his kids. I want to go to one more quote. I want you to write this down. We're going to pray. I know it's been a long time. Please forgive me. Here it is. Rules without relationship leads to rebellion. This comes with the area of control. I've got to control what's going on. I believe that we have a greater relationship. We won't have to be focused on rules. But when we have a relationship, okay, I believe in rules. I believe in boundaries. But rules without relationships, no question about it. I've seen it happen hundreds of times. Leads to rebellion. Second comment. And this is the last one. Got to, Alex? Okay, here it is. The greater your blessing slash encouragement, leadership, the greater your authority and influence. My question to moms and dads, who do you want to have the greatest influence on their life, you or their peer group? We're going to get it from one of the two. You and I position ourselves to bless our kids when we bless them the biblical way. Let's pray. Thank you, Jesus. Thank you, Lord. With your eyes closed for just a moment, I know this is true. I know there's adult parents in here. You never got blessed. Or maybe you received so little of what this blessing looked like in your years, in your home, with your mom or your dad or your parents. You feel cheated. sorry for that. And I want to let you know as your pastor, I pray for you. I'm praying that you would be able to receive from the Heavenly Father His affection. You would know His voice. You would hear Him speaking to you that I have a bright future for you. Your best days are ahead. And I want to say, I bless you. And I speak on God's behalf here this morning that God loves you with an undying love. He's so glad that you're in His family. He rejoices over you. You matter to Him. He has a bright future for you. And He's backing you up. I want you to hear that word, hear from the one that you didn't hear from physically, verbally. Hear this from heaven here today. And then there's parents here today that you're growing up as well and your kids are out of the house and you missed it. Your kids are gone now. And I want to just tell you, you know what? It's not over. 
Now, I know that you can't make your kids do what you wanted them to do, but I can tell you, you can bless your kids. In fact, you can start that today. You can begin to pray and say, God, would you just help me right now? I know my kids are older. Some of them are married. They got kids themselves. And I didn't do a very good job, but I... God, I want to be able to do that. Can I, would you give me another chance to go ahead and bless my kids? I want you to begin to pray that here this morning. But if you're here this morning and you say, Pastor, I hope, I hope kids raise their hands that are here and say, I want to be a blesser. Because there's something about that happens when I... In, in a person's life that becomes a blesser. Not just to get blessed, but to be a blesser. Say, I want to do that. I want to, I, I want to do that in a greater way towards my kids, my family, towards my parents. I want to bless my parents. I want to bless my brothers and sisters. I want you to just read. Can I just tell you, I, I, these, these five areas that I described, I need some help in. I need grace. If you do too, and you want to become a better blesser, you want that, that to flow down to your kids, to your wife, to your husband as well, I want you to just go ahead and just lift your hands and we're going to pray. Come on, let's just do that right now. Let's not delay. Say, I, I just want to be better at this. I want the blessing to just so flow upon them. Just lift your hands for just a moment. Father, in Jesus' name, you see hands that are lifted here today. These are representative that the people that love their kids, love their parents. And God, we ask that you would give us the grace, God, to love our families and to bless them, Lord, the way that they need to be blessed. God, help us, Lord. Forgive us, God, for our loose words, our careless words. Help us to walk in, in control, Lord. Help us to be more measured in our speaking, Lord. Help us to think, God, before we speak, Lord. Lord, we're tired of inserting, Lord, our, our foot into our mouth, Lord. God, we want to be able to say words, God, that bring life as opposed to death. Help us, Lord God, to, to God, to be able to, Lord, to embrace our kids, embrace our brothers and sisters and our parents in a meaningful way, Lord God, and to touch, Lord, them and let them know, Lord, that we care. Help us, Lord, to speak words of life. And Father, I just pray grace upon each family. God, I pray the blessing to flow. Thank you, God, for what you are doing. In your wonderful name we pray. And everybody said, amen. God bless you guys. Have a great day. We'll see you hopefully on Thursday.